as we've opened our door, I just said. Long ago, in a galaxy far, far away, the Star Wars saga began, and Kenner continues the excitement. Star Wars figures. The Empire Strikes Back turns with Jedi. Welcome to the Star Wars Collector's Archive Podcast. It's the Cast. Newest news on the oldest toys, from bubble bath to belt buckles. 12 packs to 2 packs. New boss, alien bounty hunter. From the, from the, from the, from the, from the Star Wars collection. Watch out, watch out. We bring the world of vintage Star Wars memorabilia alive. With informative features and personal collectible stories. Offer expires December 31st, 1979. An Octavito with Tempest The Supreme Master, the Emperor. Brought to you by the Star Wars Collector's Archive. The SWCA.com. With your hosts, Sky Payne, Steven Chewbacca, 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 and Stephen B. Denley. I've got you now, Ben Kenobi. In this month's episode, we kick off the third season with a focus on Greedo and the late stage of toy pre-production known as the first shot. Chris Jorgulius tells us all there is to know about this interesting prototype phase. We also interview the guru of modern toy collecting, Dan Curto to learn about the state of Hasbro's vintage collection and what is coming next. Wait, what did he say about vintage theme Celebration 6 exclusive? Steve drops a market watch on our heads, Sky rants about being a better fanboy, unloved Palatoy print ads get some love, and in our feedback section, we ferret out some unknown vintage comic art from the Netherlands. All this and more on the Kivecast Vintage Pod. Vintage Wump Pod. everybody. Welcome to the Kivecast for February 2012. 2012. Welcome to the Kivecast Vintage Pod. That's what I think of calling to see. What did you, you never even got back to my email. What do you think of that I, idea? I think, I can't remember if I did, but uh, I, I like it. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. That's the new idea, kind of, kind of a new idea for a, for a new name. But yeah, it's the, the 25th episode. It's the beginning of our third season. Craziness. Yeah, pretty exciting. I guess it's our silver anniversary. <laughs> and Steve, I usually name the episodes after, but I already yeah. have the episode name, Steve. Oh yeah, Greedo First Shot. <laughs> now that's what, uh, pretty straightforward. Well, it's pretty straightforward. It's a play on words, Steve. You see, it's called yeah. a pun because uh, <laughs> you know there's obviously a first shot, and we're going to talk about that today, which is a vintage term for a prototype. Yep. But it's also a play on words with Greedo Shot First. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is going to be my movie observation, Steve. Okay. Uh, because I want to talk about 1997 when, when the new movie – when the uh, reissues came out of Star Wars in the theaters. And I think when you first saw Greedo shoot first, that was the birth of the bitter, cynical fanboy. I completely agree. And it was the death of the childlike innocence. And, and so this month, I want to make a call out to our fans who are mostly vintage collectors, right? Right. Uh, the typical vintage collector is kind of hardened against the prequels, against the DVDs, the special edition, modern collecting, expanded universe, all of it. Battle-tested. Battle-tested. <laughs> if, it, if it's after 1988, we don't want it. Like, that's it. Well, for this month, Steve, I'm saying be a happy fanboy. <laughs> Let's regain some of that innocence, Steve. Do you know right. why? I'm going to tell you why. There's so many reasons, Steve. Episode one in 3D. Yeah, that's, it's, in, it's going on now. It's going on now, right? Now, this is my call to the fans, right? You know what's wrong with that movie. 
Okay, you're sitting there, you're listening to me in your headphones. You know everything that's wrong with episode one. <laughs> now, your expectations are proper. You can just go and experience what's right. Hmm. You hear what I'm saying, Steve? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny. Uh, I was thinking about this. I would actually probably pay more to go see, like, a highlight reel of episode one <laughs> in 3D than the actual whole thing. I'm like, man. So I almost... I don't know. It's a tough thing, uh, but well, you just think of the highlights. Steve, I mean, you know, you're, you're you're so bitter and cynical, but like, oh yeah, you know, just get past Sayo Bibble and the especially dangerous Doug named Sabulba, and, and just have fun. You know, watch the Jedi. You know, if you have kids or you know kids, go there, get some popcorn. Steve, we we had a, a Star Wars Saturday. You know what that is? Um, I can get you know kind of a picture going in my head. Kind but, of the uh, idea. We, we got out the the Star Wars cookbooks and we made like. Uh, Darth Double Dogs and, Ooh. you know, Jar Jar Pickles, stuff like that. Mm. And and we went and then we went to go see the movie, the first showing. Okay. And, and then I took him to Toys R Us and bought him all like a whole bunch of Star Wars toys. Yeah, see, that that, that is a complete experience. <laughs> I'm telling you, okay, it's not 77, it's not 1980, uh, uh. it's not 1983. But if you could just accept what's bad and take what's good, Steve, life is better. <laughs> but but uh, I'm not done, Steve. I, I'm, I'm rip-roaring here. Because The Clone Wars is still a good TV show. And I know you don't watch it. You don't have the time. You're doing your library stuff. And neither <laughs> does anyone else who's all serious and I only like the movies. But it, it's really good and, and they, they, they keep it at a high quality. And the, the, the podcast that the Forcecast guys do every week, they do one for every episode. And it's a really nice companion piece and they think really deep about it. Uh, they had like a blue snaggletooth in a, in a, a couple oh, really? weeks ago. Yeah, and that huh. was that was really cool. You know, and they had the Akbar weapon. Yep, yep. But Steve, I'm gonna go so far now. You might just hang up the Skype. <laughs> I got my finger ready to just Did cancel the call Clark? right now. Ready. There is even right now for you bitter, cynical Star Wars fans, a <laughs> honest to god book that you should go read. Uh oh. I know you you hung up on me. We lost him. <laughs> There's this book out there, Darth Plagueis, okay? It's a goofy title, okay? It makes you think of, like, Darth Nihilus and all that. But, Steve, what it's really about is about the rise of Palpatine. Ooh. It is so cool. It's like it, it makes episode one cooler because, like, you kind of get a better feeling of his character. It justifies a lot of, the, like, the politics and all that. Mm -hmm. I'd say it's easily the best Star Wars book since Timothy's on. And I should know. I've wow. Read, I've read, like, I don't know. Six, <laughs> but still, <laughs> uh, you know, I try to keep up on it. So, all right, Steve, there's just so much good Star Wars happening out there, and I just think, just let go of your hatred, you know, <laughs> just just embrace. And the last thing, Steve, I hope I don't have to shame you here. I don't think so. I hope not. <laughs> but the toys, they keep coming out with the vintage toys, and that's why in this episode we're going to interview Dan Curdo, who's kind of like. He's kind of like the Gus Lopez of modern collecting. Like he knows everything, has everything, has all okay. the contacts. And uh, they're doing some amazing stuff with the new vintage. Like they're going to come out with like a, a, a vintage uh, style Tarkin. Oh, really? Which if you look back in the old days before 95, that was like the number one customized figure. Yeah, yeah. And you know, they've got figures with like uh, lightsabers that light up out of your hands and stuff. Hmm. Oh. And Steve, they have a B-Wing pilot figure. <laughs> yeah, I know. I actually, uh, Mark Enright uh, gave me one of those as a gift, and oh, it is proudly, goodness. proudly in in my collection. 
I, a, I mean, can you believe it, Steve? They actually went to I, the trouble. I, they went to the trouble for that guy? I mean, it's it's impressive. You get to see That's your a, photo art brought out again? <laughs> yeah. And, of course, at, at Kmart, Kmart exclusive, Steve, they have the actual B-Wing as well. Oh, wow. But I figure you probably haven't gone that far. No, not that far yet. All right, <laughs> let's hit the news. All right. Yeah, Steve, I'm in a good mood this month, I got to say. <laughs> I can tell. Yeah, it's good. You know, part of it, Steve, I, I didn't mention this before, but I, uh, I had to go to the DMV. You know? No, that and never makes people happy. That never makes people happy, but there's a happy ending to this. And first of all, I love the DMV in Rochester uh, because there's one where all of the seating, they're just old church pews. Ooh, that sounds about right, yeah. So it's really church and state, like literally in one place. <laughs> and I wait there and I get my new license plate. And the license plate ends. It's FTP 1977. Ah, so you can't go any better than that. I got a Star Wars license plate without even trying. So yeah, Steve. It's see see the good thing that happens to you when you're an excitable fanboy like good me? good karma, man. It, it'll it'll yeah. pay itself back. Yeah, that's right. But anyways, let's let's talk about Greedo, Steve. <laughs> All right, because he is our, our figure this month. That's, that's yes, it is. Do you, do you have any personal feelings on Greedo? Um, I, you know, I always thought he was one of the cooler canteen aliens, and as far as the the figure itself, I think he's the most iconic out of all those guys. Yeah, um, but. You know, I mean, <laughs> I guess I always felt a little bit bad for him. Yeah, you know, when he just got shot first. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but but at the same time, like, eh, I just kind of let it go. But uh, <laughs> right. I don't know. I, I guess my my Greedo thoughts don't go much deeper than that. Right. Well, I do think it's funny that if that was if he was like a modern character, no one yeah. would give him any space. They'd be like, "Wait, he's a greedy. He's like a greedy guy, and his name is Greed O." <laughs> Come on, Lucas. You got to try yeah. harder. Exactly. That's a, that's a good point. <laughs> but I, I was thinking, this is the first one in a couple months where we haven't had an identity crisis. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because we had the Death Squad commander <laughs> and and the Tuscan Raider. Yep. But Steve, you unearthed <laughs> the true name and the true identity crisis of Greedo. So, so what did you find, Steve? All right. Well, so I have this old photocopy of a 1976 screenplay for the original movie and um i just happened to flip to the page where greedo makes his appearance in the cantina <laughs> and uh i noticed a couple couple of interesting things um yeah let's start with the the, the description okay yeah that, i think it's a good place to lead off all right so we're in the interior of the cantina in Mos Eisley, and uh as hound and chewy slide out of the booth a slimy purple-faced alien with a short trunk nose, pokes a gun in Han's side. He speaks with an electronically translated voice. <laughs> oh, I would have loved to have heard that. Oh, man. Going yeah. somewhere solo. Oh, that's about right, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. Uh, but, but then you, then you uh, <laughs> pointed out, well, first of all, I love how they extend the dialogue a lot. Oh, yeah. Over my dead body. That's the idea, Solo. You will come outside <laughs> with me. Or I will, fi or must I finish it here? <laughs> that sounds like old George. <laughs> yep. But but then what happens in, in the screenplay, Steve? Well, uh, on the next page, whoever was typing this uh, slipped up just a little bit, but in the in the best possible way. Um, let's see. Let me pull it up here real quick. Uh, <laughs> all right. So top of the next page, um, 
before this, he'd been just referred to as Alien. Right. Very but, generic. Uh, just generic, Alien. But uh, from there on out, he is referred to as Alan. <laughs> <laughs> Alan. That, that is such a good name. Yeah. <laughs> can you imagine the vintage card? Alan. Oh, Mom, Mom, can I get the Alan card? <laughs> Uh, and it was just perfect timing because we just happened to be talking about Greedo in the next episode. I'm like, oh, all right. Uh, I, I can finally contribute something interesting. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, and it's really great Alan, stuff. Alan looks at Han. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. I'm sure you have, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if Jabba later says, you know, why did you have to, fr- why did you have to fry poor Alan? <laughs> and see, <laughs> somehow that, that statement... Makes complete sense just like that. I mean, Greedo works, but poor Alan, man. Yeah, it just seems like a guy that would get fried. Exactly. We were just hanging out. <laughs> uh, that's, that's some good uh. snooping, Steve. And also, I think, you know, we don't have any advertising on this show, but every once in a while I like to, uh, to promote Gus and Duncan's book, um, which you can find at completestpublications.com. Um, and in their prototype book, they have just the sickest run of Greedo stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, so just, if you don't have that book, go out and get it, because they have the photo art and the wax sculpt and the hard copy and all that stuff. Even the uh, the, the wicked cool uh, quick draw concept, Greedo. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Which I didn't, I guess I never noticed that they had a quick draw Greedo. I knew they had one for Han Solo. R- right, right. But I don't know, Steve, maybe we should try and make one of those, you know, <laughs> to try and, like, solve the debate of who shot first, you know? <laughs> That would have been a really great toy if they made it, that quick draw. Oh, yeah. Quick draw, yeah. Like, that would have been great. Yeah. Yeah, so what, what else has happened in the news, Steve? Well, uh, let's see. There was that whole virtual Comic-Con thing, which, which seemed... I totally missed it, of course. But, oh, did you? Uh, yeah, I, I saw it, like, the day after it ended, but it was really, really cool to, to check it out nonetheless. But uh, yeah, did, yeah. You, did you participate at all? As a matter of fact, I did, Steve. Sweet. Yeah, I, I was uh, I was looking around and I, I saw it. And so basically, the idea is, it's almost like the room sales, but it's online. Right. Um, so it's kind of like you know the 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 collector gatherings you know that we have where you just try and do the best part of it, which is just hanging around and selling stuff. Yeah. And yeah, I went there and actually to tell you the truth, Steve, I found something I didn't know about. Ooh. Yeah, and I, I was uh, we'll, we'll include a, a link to a, a thing I found about it. Right. Have you ever heard of these, the Tim Me toys? Honestly, never. No, they they look quite quite uh, unique. Yeah, so so I found a link about them, and I just I, I just you know they, someone had one that was the Chewbacca kind of knockoff thing, and so I said, hey, why not? You know, I wanted to support this whole idea, and hadn't bought anything for a while. Um, yeah. Although we'll talk about something I did buy, Steve, in a little bit. Uh oh. Um, but uh, yeah, so I guess it was like. They were like these little plastic figures that were sold in, in sort of giant bags. And they were called either Star Patrol or <laughs> Galaxy Laser Team with Space Monsters. I, I like both of those. Yeah. And I also like the, the use of with X-Wing Rocket on oh, Star Patrol. I see that, yeah. See, how, how did they get away with that? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's true. They're, they're, they're skirting around the, the copyright everywhere. They're just like, I don't know, call it the X-Wing. <laughs> Oh, but good yeah, for them. Uh. Yeah, the, the Chewbacca is like this. Uh, uh, he's got like these antennae and a very Chewbacca face and a hairy chest oh. and a gun. Huh. 
but he's wearing pants, which I like. <laughs> oh man, that is great! I just I just noticed him on the on the package. That, yeah, <laughs> that's perfect. Because if you go back to the original uh, the original Star Wars movie, uh-huh. you know, there's a, a studio note saying that Chewbacca should wear pants, <laughs> and and I think a lot of people have tried to imagine what Chewbacca would look like wearing pants. But. <laughs> Oh, yeah, man. so that's that was, great. That was really cool. I got to buy something and learn something at the same time. Uh, you can't, you can't really beat that. No, uh, you know they kind of remind me of like those old like cowboy and Indian and or like army like World War II soldier packs you get at the the like drugstore or something. Right. Yeah. Like, that, the, my favorite guy was always the minesweeper. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know so, why. I, I always like defense more than offense. <laughs> <laughs> so were these sold in the U.S. or? I think so. You know what? I mean, okay. uh, we were going to get a hold of Joe, but we never got back from him, right? Yeah, right? yeah, I haven't heard back from him yet. Uh, right. well, we'll, we'll, we'll get to him uh, next month with, with Hammerhead. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I, I believe they're sold in the United States. Okay. They, um, they look like they are. I mean, I don't see any weird foreign markings on them. Right. And, and they, they do say a dollar forty-seven special price, so. Yeah. <laughs> and, and in my – in uh, I think there's two different sizes, and so I think okay. I'm, I'm getting the bigger one. Okay. But you know what? Maybe I'll, I'll find out more. Maybe we'll, we'll have another Tim Me report next month. <laughs> but yeah, and, and oh, hey, Steve, you know about the power of the Kivecast, right? Power of the Kive? Well, um, depends on what context you're talking about, but I might. The power of the Kivecast vintage pod. I think we are single handedly responsible for Jordan's show getting picked up. Ah, that's <laughs> right. Right. We, we always have to. Uh, to <laughs> To give ourselves a good pat on the back, right? Yes, yes. The <laughs> legions of space freaks have spoken. No. Uh, no obviously, it was the strength of the show itself. And uh, so he says he's working on the season, and it's going to be on the Travel Channel. So Right, right. That's it's pretty cool, big man. news. Yeah, we're going to – it's, it's going to keep on going. That's good to hear. What's cool is that, you know, we get – I'm now accepting PMs, Steve. I don't know if you know that. Did you did you finally clear out your inbox? Yeah, all you have to do is press this button. It's like it's like, <laughs> do you want to save everything forever? Yes or no? And so I just hit yes, and uh, <laughs> so yes, I cleared out my inbox, and so uh, I got uh, I got some interesting topics for discussion. Good, um, which is great because you know if you're out there and you want to talk about something, let us know and we may talk about it. So did you see this, Steve? This was a uh, I guess his name is Jason Lime, but his real name is Tony. Okay. Um, I think we've got to have a talk about these folks who whose screen name is like a real name, but then their real name is not is, their screen name. Yeah, that that gets really, <laughs> really confusing. Because <laughs> you know we're we're, we're going to talk about Trevor later, but it's like I can't like is Trevor Pedro or Pedro Trevor? I don't know. You know <laughs> if his name was like you know uh, you know Klaatu's number one fan sixty six, that would be one thing, but. Um, <laughs> Anyway, so so he he sent this email about these uh, about something on eBay. Okay. And uh, I don't know if you checked it out, Steve, but it's which which one? The uh, the the graded early bird set. Okay, I just just saw this for the first time like five minutes ago, and I wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty. I mean, it's still up there, uh, so it hasn't sold, so that's good. Right. But uh, it's it's you know the the original set. But it's they're broken in. Basically, they're all displayed in one giant AFA case. Right. And then on the inside, they're displayed. And you know, there are some of them are U graded and some of them are not. I guess okay, maybe yeah, the Maggie broke. That. Okay. But wow. uh, you know, it just raises 
for the for the two plus years we've been doing this, Steve, U grading has been the biggest issue. It's it's still still there. Yep, it's still there, and this thing is just ugh. I don't like it. I'm not I'm not always against it if it, if it displays nice, but I don't know. Yeah, that's that's pretty tough. My goodness. Yeah, because you know the, the the original set is nice, you know, with the tray and yeah, and yeah, the, the sense of history. Right. But uh, we'll see. He's selling it for uh, $1,977. So. Yeah. Well, that's, that's uh, ironic. <laughs> yeah. so, so maybe my, uh, my license plate can buy yeah, it. Yeah, you, you better watch out. <laughs> That'd be awesome. But uh, his question was, you know, is it, is it morally right for, you know, whoever is grading this to, to do this? And uh, I don't know. Yeah, I guess I'd say no. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd lean that way as well, I think. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it's the same old talk about is there a market or not. So we'll, we'll keep yeah. an eye on that and see if it actually sells. Um, yeah. But I know I would much rather buy the, the early bird set than have it have it encased because yeah, the figures yeah. themselves aren't that interesting. It's, it's Right. It's the same figures we, we all know so well, but it's the fact that they're packaged in that way that's kind of right. the story. So. And then the Luke is super yellow. Did you? Yeah, see that? yeah, I, I noticed that when I when I first thought they were all U graded, and I saw that, I'm like, wait, what happened to him? And <laughs> I, I, don't, no. I don't understand that. How? That's just strange. I don't know. I mean, I guess that's a sign of authenticity, right? Because I, if, I if, guess if yeah. you were a scammer, <laughs> how would you ever be so dumb as to like include a figure that's so ugly? I mean, it's like. It, it's as yellow as like a prospector's tooth. It's like so yellow. <laughs> yeah, yep. I'm sorry, that's a little bit obscure. Sorry. I, I actually, you know what? I it's much better than saying piss yellow, man. I, I like that much better. <laughs> well, it's a family show, Steve. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's that too. Oh, uh, right. <laughs> uh, that too. And uh, I don't know. It looks like the the girl with the dragon tattoo didn't do so well. Um, but uh, there is some some pretty interesting Nordic news, Steve. Oh, did, oh did, yeah. did you read about the thievery? I did. It's uh, so this is from a, a convention in Sweden, right? In Denmark. Was it, oh, Denmark. I'm sorry. Know, n- neighboring countries. Neighboring countries, yeah. But uh, so this guy, he uh, he stole stuff right at the convention space itself, right? Yeah, yeah. He like and went he, in and and stole it. Oh my god. And goodness. he was apparently a well-known collector. He was called the Rat. Because he looked like a rat. That's right. That's right. Which, that's like nature or nurture, man. If your nickname is the rat, there's not many places you're going to go in life. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> oh, boy. But, yeah, it was, it was just brought up that, that he was caught. And so I, I like that. And the theory is that he was stealing to pay off the Hell's Angels. See, that's just, uh, which, man. which, if you've read the, if you've read the, the girl with the dragon tattoo, there's a whole like subplot with these biker gangs. So that's why I mentioned that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it did kind of catch me off guard because I've not read the book or seen the movie. But so I was yeah. like, well, um, just gonna yeah. let that one go right by <laughs> and, and keep going. Well, you know, it's it's fantastic, as, yeah. as Matthias would say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, something to, to 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 ponder, Steve. Okay. And that is, what is it, how do you deal with friends? Oh, yes. How do you, yes, because yes. Steve, uh, you contacted me and there's something you've had in your collection that I've wanted for a long time. But I, I remember when you showed it to me, um, there's this weird energy in the air of like, you felt kind of bad for having it and I felt kind of <laughs> bad for wanting it. And like, it was, yeah, yeah. Kinda, it was like the silence of like, 
so you know, it's a it's an engineering pilot, right? So it's right. like a, it's one of the figures that they made, one of the first batch of figures they made off of the machines, right? To just make right. sure the engineering was okay. So it's a very very late 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 stage prototype. Yeah. But anyways, it's Chewbacca, and I, I don't have one. I've always, you know, I thought they were pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, and I just remember that, just thinking like, because <laughs> I get uncomfortable like shopping yeah. other people's collections, you know. <laughs> so yeah, I don't. No, I remember. I didn't. I I think soon after that, I think I did offer it to you the first time, and it was that and with like an Emperor first shot or something like that. And uh, I think you passed on it the first time. Like, oh, maybe I'll, I'll try again. <laughs> oh, did I pass yeah. on it? Wow. Yeah, yeah, you did. Because <laughs> well, actually, I always really wanted that. Oh, wow. man. I wish I had known. <laughs> <laughs> well, I felt awkward, you know, because it's not okay. like, you know, it's not like, oh, that's mine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, some people <laughs> yeah, get that yeah. way with focus collectors where they're like, like, oh, that's just already mine, you know? Yeah. Um, but, but anyways, and, and, you know, do you, do you sell it for a profit or? No. or, I, or I, I try and just. Is get what I can, you know, what I put into it. That's kind of my my stance on it. So. Yeah, that, that's how I do. I, I think the policy I do it is I get what I put into it as long as I know it's not going anywhere when it gets there. Well, yeah, I guess you that's know. a that's a good stipulation, sure. So like, you're pretty certain that that's going to to go with me to my grave. So <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty certain, yeah. <laughs> Whereas you know, if you sold it to someone who you know just said, oh, I kind of like that, then you know maybe you'd think, well, they're just going to turn around and flip it. So. Yeah, wow. yeah. I, I don't know. So I guess that's the question: is what, what is the when you're dealing with friends, you know, and, and co-hosts? I guess for that matter, what, what right. is the <laughs> what is the markup, and and how do you do it? I, I don't know. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm glad that that you do want it. <laughs> I was oh, yeah. kind of like, wow, that's weird. You didn't didn't seem all that interested <laughs> in it, and I didn't really know why. But good, yeah. good. It's going it's going to the right place. <laughs> and I even paid you, so that's, that's yeah. Even no, but you still haven't sent me your address. You got to do that. Uh, well, you know. It's details. <laughs> as long as you do still want it, right? Oh, I still want it, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that That's not just a payment for, for co-hosting. Okay. Um, anyways, well, I think uh, I think we should go into the nugget. And yes, to do so, about that time. We're actually going to have to call Chris Jorgulius. Sounds good. So uh, so let's let's drop the nugget, and when we come back, we'll be talking to his Christmas. Tis a nugget. From the archive. Tis a nugget. Oh my god, they're gorgeous. From the archive. Oh my god, they're gorgeous. All right, Chris. So, so we have you here as our our nugget correspondent this month because you are a connoisseur of pre-production stuff. So we're going to be talking about the Agrito first shot. That's it's on the archive. So uh, basically, uh, we, we just want our listeners to get the uh, the first-hand definition of, of, of a first shot. So, so what's what's the deal? So I'd say, I, w- generally, a first shot is it means it's some of the, one of the first pieces to come out of the the injection mold, the production injection mold. I mean, okay. literally, some of the first shots. And shot is the term, the industry term shooting the plastic into the mold so you usually shoot the mold or that's the first shot i mean huh. an injection molding machine injects the plastic under high pressure and then literally that the plastic squirts into the mold and that's how it, it fills it anyway so that's what a first shot is you know and there are so many different variations different types of first shots of when you really start getting into it right but in general that that's it and generally it 
first shots don't have copyright dates. It's like when they when they shoot the mold before they put the copyright dates in, and that's one way you can tell if a first shot is authentic. Now, but, now is that because the first shots are made like in Cincinnati, and then the molds are shipped, or no? From what from what I know, the first shots are actually made overseas, where the production facilities are. Okay. Where they and a lot of times, as as they got better over the years, they would actually make the molds overseas. But I think early on, Kenner was actually having the molds made stateside. Okay. And they could make some first shots. Generally, you didn't see them in the same color. Like I've seen some which were sort of like called bench shots, which is like, you know, when the guy's making the mold, the mold bench is sort of like the loose term for the shop. And the, the people who make the molds, you know, they have a machine there, and they could test them out. And hmm. um, those are pretty scarce. Um, yeah. It's really – you're going to find some of those that have, like, uh, they'd be, you know, just whatever color plastic. Um, and that's largely going to be based on what your source – you know, how, how much your source – now you you say you trust your source and what he's telling you. I mean, I got one from a guy one time. It was a completely black Gamorrean guard, and his father-in-law worked as a mold engraver, and he had that, and he explained yes, it's a bench shot. And I've saw another one since then, and um, but for most most for the most part, the first shots are coming out of the Orient where the where the where the, the productions are occurring, and. Most of the time, you know, they don't have dates. But since then, since over the years, people have discovered that there are some production figures that don't have dates. Right. By default, I think some Imperial Commanders and uh, Rama, so Poplu, I think. Plus so Poplu, Poplu, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so – and that's one where you can get tripped up easily, like on eBay – find something like that. The eldest is the first shot. I mean, technically, you could be in Cincinnati and find an Imperial Commander shot, and it may look just like a regular Imperial Commander, you know, and just not have dates. Right, and yeah. really, that comes down to provenance. Um, it would help, you know, when usually collectors like them when they're unpainted, but a lot of times, Kenner was making prototypes. They were trying to get the thing to be exactly like it would be in production so that they mm -hmm. have a feel for the color and the fit and to make sure everything was working. So you didn't really see a lot of multicolored things right. in the vintage days. Um, and when you did, it was more an, an anomaly. Most first shots I ran across were just basically like production figures. Um, a lot of times we'd find them in employees' collections. You know, it's just thrown in with loose figures. You know, <laughs> we'd start looking at the loose figures, and everybody's just going through, just quickly going through and looking at the back of the legs and seeing <laughs> if there are first shots in there. Because most of the time, you know, they just had – Tons of those things laying around. Right. Wow. Um, once in a blue moon, you might find it without the holes in the feet. Right. And that that's pretty fun too. Now, is that, is that just because it was like a different like so the because it's a date stamp, right? So that's just a different phase in production. Is that why it wasn't in the because that wasn't part of the molding? Well, I think they would have added that in the mold afterwards. You have to get in there. You have to engrave it into the mold. Okay. So they ran the first shot, and I guess they got their approvals, and then then went to the next step. The mold, the mold, the mold engraver would get it, and they would engrave the the text into the mold. Right. That's how that that's and that's physically etched into there. Right. 
Wow, that's 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 good. Man, I never. I, I mean, are those bench shots? Are those photos out there, or is it, have I ever seen anything like that? Or, um, I don't know. And there could be some things that were made at the molding houses stateside that got around that, that could, you know, people thought were first shots. You know, um, just multicolored first shots. Right. That one I I got was. And I didn't know the term until the guy mentioned it, and then it, after I heard it, it made complete sense because I've worked in a in a couple of different companies where we had injection molding, so that's right. sort of given me background. Right. In addition to my interest in toys and <laughs> talking to the, the the engineers and other people that worked at Kenner, having seen the things, having seen injection molding machines operate, and um, the mold engineers, were the, the the plastics engineers working, and then the mold, the tooling guys building the molds and repairing molds. You get, a, I think, got a good feel for all that stuff, and right. I got a good feel for the the things that can happen during production, the variations, things that can occur, and and you know, getting into like variation collecting when people are looking at the different co- the country of origin stampings and all mm-hmm. that has to do with specifically, you know, the, the plastic injection molds and knowing how easily you know maybe a cavity gets worn out and the guy <laughs> makes another one and they put a you know the copyrights in there but it's not exactly the same or right, one right. mold maker's making one another mold maker makes another one so you can have all this variation just naturally in the process you know then uh, that's why you end up with a myriad of different copyright stamps that are possible it's a uh, right you know 10, 20 years ago, for sure, we didn't even look at those kinds of things. And now, you know, <laughs> you know some people look in every different one. And it's, <laughs> it's staggering to see the, 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 the breadth of it, but really it makes complete sense because, you know, you have these people, these factories are cranking these things out, and they have, you know, one mold's making, you know, several arms and several legs, and, you know, and they're just cranking them out, and you might have a couple of molds, and, or you might have a couple of factories running them, so you get... A lot of variety in there, but I've gone off on a tangent now about variation. <laughs> no, it's great. It all applies, for sure. Yeah. Well, let's get back to the Guido first shot then. So, uh, I mean, so these definitely aren't one of a kind, but, I mean, what, what's the theory on how many were made versus how many survive, or, or what's the uh, – mm. or no I theory? I guess how many survive is really what, what we care about now. How many are made, yeah. I mean, they could have made buckets and buckets of the things. You know, it's like – micro collection first shots you know the, the unpainted micros those are essentially are like first shots you know things yeah. that just ran batches and and you know <laughs> they went through and they were not painted and you know, the machines will run quickly i mean you you once you get those things up to speed they can crank out a lot of parts right. and you know whether or not they save them all or they sent them all back here and they got dispersed you know these things were lots of times just treated like regular production figures they're given to kids they played with them so there's a lot of reasons it could have it could have dissipated but you know certainly you can have gobs i mean like coins there's first shot coins you know power force coins especially you know like the droids or the ewoks coins where you'd find silver versions you know those are sort of like first shots almost you know right. when they were before they because they didn't anodize them after they were silver. I think that the blank is anodized, and they just stamped it over it. So they'd ran those first shots. And you can find coins 
I mean, you can find one score of coins. You have two dozen coins instantly, you know. Right. <laughs> so you could go from zero to two dozen with just one find, you know. And right. it hasn't happened like that for action figures, you know. I think the most I ever saw you, the Earth turned up, it probably had like 10 R2-D2s per shot okay. at once. And then the okay. same. I think they had probably as many blue snaggletooths in one find. Hmm. So it's... um. You know, numbers-wise, it's, it's really hard to say. They're more, quote, common, but they're not really common. Right. Yeah, that was I, another uh, thing I was going to ask. Is it, As far as the characters go, it seems like just generally the, the Star Wars characters, they, they definitely get a better or a higher price. But as far as the surviving numbers, I would imagine those are lower than compared to, like, the Jedi or the Empire figures. Is that is that right? Um. It depends about on the, the same. figure, I think. Okay. I mean, there, a lot of times there's more demand for the Star Wars yeah. ones. Yeah. But what I've seen, I mean, I have seen some multicolored, you know, 12-back first shots, mm-hmm. you know, that were. But most of the first shots you'd see from, like, the 12-back era and the Star Wars era, mm-hmm. or yeah, I guess the first 20 figures, let's say the first 20, most of them were all in the correct color plastics and yeah. painted. Um but some is the blue snaggletooth almost seems to make one of the more common first shots around just because hmm. there's been a, a couple of different large sources of those, you know. But saying there's 15 or 20 figures in the world, or you know, or maybe that's how many I've ever seen. Yeah, that's a lot yeah. for a first shot, but that's not a lot of figures, you know. No, that's, no, no. <laughs> that's not that many, but, you know, some you only see one or two of. Some I've never seen good ones. Um it really depends. It seems like the, the Kenner people, you know, as years went by, they sort of retained more and more pieces the later and later it got. So that's why you yeah. see a lot of the George and Ewoks things, because that was the yeah. last of the line, and they started keeping things around. And right. In the Star Wars era, maybe not so many. Right. But Well, well awesome. Well, I think we uh, we definitely got our answer. I'm, I'm afraid to ask about engineering pilots, because I, I don't want to. Uh, should we ask about it anyway, Steve? <laughs> We might, we might as well. That. We're here. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I just so, I just bought an engineering pilot from Steve, so it's topical this month. <laughs> so, oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> those seems that you know when I, got, I had a few a few years ago, and I could barely give those things away, and they seem to have more <laughs> appeal now. It's kind of funny. Um, and that's one. Oh, that's that's one where you completely have to, you know, trust the provenance on a yeah. piece because really, you know, an engineering pilot is just really a production intent figure for, for the most part it looks like a production figure most engineering pilots i ran across you know in my my travels and with the uh kenner employees they're regular figures and i would tell you this is an engineering pilot this is an or we call them eps mm-hmm. this is an ep that's an ep and you look at it like well that's great i believe you but it really has no <laughs> there's no draw to this you know if somebody had written a little number on the bottom of the foot it would make it much more interesting and a lot of the right. times you do see that and you know they would do that engineering pilot means the pilot run the first one it's like a tv show pilot it's the first yeah. run of the production line to make sure all the steps work so at the end that's why you have a figure that looks at the production figure because that's testing out the production line um some of the coolest ones you know the toys would have the like the white packaging you've mm-hmm. seen those white package three packs and sometimes you'd see um 
I've, you know, there's, there's a few white carded, like low grade figures around and, um, white boxed ships like, you know, TIE fighter or something like that. Sand crawl, I've seen a sand crawler before, mm-hmm. you know, and that the white packaging is sort of like the packaging wasn't quite ready, but you have this fully functional packaging that's die cut and fold. Huh. You had the shape, right? right? You just <laughs> didn't have the, the graphic for it yet. Yeah. Form, no content. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's the and way to so say it. Yeah. Stuff, and they could package it all the way through and say, this is exactly what it's going to look like, you know, and that was, those are kind of fun. But again, you could have an EP toy that looked exactly like the production toy. So, mm-hmm. but the cool ones, are, you know, you find the action figures and, you know, they, for whatever reason, would go through and like write the numbers, like maybe they made 20 samples or whatever. And they actually put the number on the bottom of the foot, you know, and that's just somebody went through and, and wrote this out. And that's typically what, the EPs that the collectors are, are are getting, you know, that's what what's right. um, interesting. So, so and you know, we I've found a few in in my day. So, do you think I can trust Steve's provenance? <laughs> I don't know what's Steve's provenance. <laughs> uh, it goes back to. Oh yeah, that's, yeah, I'm that's sure. Probably a good one. Good <laughs> without 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 revealing your sources, but you know, that's, that's really what it is. It goes through and you to trust the person who it came from and a lot of times you know these things are coming from trustworthy guys and i haven't seen any fake eps around but you know if it's just a handwritten number on a foot right. you know, <laughs> that could be anybody could do that right but then it, it really just goes to the the source and um sort of keeping the documentation a lot of times when i sold those pieces before i would write up a little coa and attach a photo of the item with it, a photo at the bottom of the foot, you know, so you could see the handwriting and, oh, and match cool. that piece and say, hey, I guarantee you this came from a guy. So as long as you trust my word, then that piece, you know, you have faith in that piece. Yeah, hey, Steve, do that for, for me. Part, <laughs> I, I, I like this idea. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it seems like Steve should have already requested one, but <laughs> now he's got to backtrack, you know. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> I mean, it's just something else to have. You know, you don't have to have something like that, but it's, no. it's fun. I would always do something like that just for, for people's peace of mind. And, you yeah. know, a lot of times, you know, that was, that was good. And it, it makes the piece look a little cooler, too, when you put a little story with it. Say, I, it came from an employee who was in this particular department and did this and that. And right. Here's what the piece is, and a little description of what it's like an EP is. But, I mean, first shots in EP, EPs are n- n- not as desirable. Um, you know, the first shots definitely have always had a, a level of interest from collectors, and, and as they vary in terms of character and, you know, color. It's hard to say, though. You know, like, like is, a, is a first shot Luke that's fully painted, well, a farm boy Luke, is that cooler than a multicolored Klaatu skiff <laughs> guard, you know? Yeah. It's like, well... Th- that's our vintage dilemma for the month, Steve. You ask, I like it, I like it. <laughs> depends on who you ask something like that, you know? And again, that's like character trumping what what the, what the, right. the item is, you know? But right, form, form would, trumping over content, again. Yeah, <laughs> so... 
you know, there's a wide room of those things out there, and there's so many, there's so much variety in first shots. That's the thing. You can't just say this is. There's there's so so many subdivisions of first shots out there. You can go on and on with the paint colors, or the paint, no paint, uh, the plastic colors, the the dates, the footholes. You know, does it get into like packaging? Because you have like a first shot that's packaged on like a sample card. Right. I've seen those before, and you know, it's more typical to see like those first shot like Jedi figures on Empire character cards. Those right. Are, those are fun. All right. Wow. Well, it turned out to be a vintage vocab and a nugget. I was just going to say the same <laughs> thing. Yeah, we, we got double. Oh, so. yeah. Oh, it's well, you know, we, Perfect. Yeah, well, I'm glad to help out. Sorry, I'm, I'm always long-winded with things like that. But yes, it's sort of a question. It's not really answerable with like a yes or no type of thing. <laughs> yes. There's a lot of very variety in there. What, what is the first shot? Yes. <laughs> so, yes. That's what you're looking for, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know us, we always try In to keep it terms. trim. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, awesome. Well, we'll 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 check in with you again uh soon on down the line. Yeah, thanks Chris. All right, guys. Sounds good. Oh, man. That was a fun nugget, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Oh, man. It's, I think we're going to have to I'm going to have to edit it down, but we will have to have Kivecast bloopers at one point because uh, <laughs> the beginning of that phone call that, was comical. That was uh, a golden a golden moment in, in recording this show. Chris sure. <laughs> just like, I was like, okay, so you ready? He's like, yep. And there's just dead silence. And he's like, were you going to ask me a question? <laughs> uh, it's great. Uh, Anyways, well, let's, uh, let, let's get to the, uh, the unloved uh, item of the month, Steve. Okay, and uh, on my outline here, there's nothing there, so I'm assuming it's a surprise for me. Oh, I sent you another email, Steve. Oh, okay. Well, oh, look at me. I'm, I'm all behind here. There all right, you are. See, now, now who doesn't respond to emails? <laughs> <laughs> so what I was thinking, um, you know, I, I'm really jazzed up about, uh, about how things are named uh, and, and using really lame terminology like jazzed up. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I was looking around on the archive. You know, as I like to do, and thinking about nuggets and unloved, and I, I think the print ads really don't get their due. Oh, you are absolutely on the money with that. Because you know they're not that valuable. You know they're mass printed, um, but between the stuff that was done uh, in France and uh, the stuff that was done in England and, and all over the world, really, there's just some great stuff. So uh, what, what I uh, took out here, uh, there's a great write up on the archive all about Palatoy commercials. <clears throat> so these are the commercials, you know, from England. And they had this great one. And because we're starting the, the third season, you know, which is the, 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 the group of figures after the first after, 12, after yeah. the first 12 uh, I, I just wanted to, uh, to, to highlight this one for oh, this multiple reasons. One, of course, what is Greedo called? Green Greedo. Green Greedo, which is great because I never thought about the fact that, like, Gree is, like, the first, you know, it's like he could be, like, Greedo because he's green or because he's greedy, you know? It could be both, yeah. But I just love that they just went to that length and called him Green Greedo because right next to him is Snaggletooth. Yeah. And, and as collectors, we always say blue Snaggletooth, red Snaggletooth, blue Snaggletooth. Yeah. But here yep. he's just Snaggletooth. No one else is identified by color. <laughs> uh, I like that. That's good. Uh, but then yeah. you you have the the trusty Luke Skywalker uh, X-wing pilot, 
And it's cool because all the figures are I don't know, there's something about this that's so charming because it's it's not the characters playing. No, it's it's the toys speaking. <laughs> it's absolutely the toys speaking. And you see the articulation. The walrus man is looking about as tough as the walrus man can ever look. <laughs> yeah. Um Hammerhead also has kind of a this really nice shadowing. You know, you could tell this is like, you know, top of his class in Oxford or something at the art school <laughs> of whatever, Hedfordshire. And uh and here he is doing this this drawing. And and Luke, he just has this quote. What what is it, Steve? All right, here we go. These characters are as mean as they look. <laughs> They're new in the in the Palatoy Star Wars collection. All of my droid buddies back here and me in my pilot suit. Yep, and there it is. There's all eight of the new characters featured, and uh, it's it's just great. And it's it's got... just something funny about that composition where all where all the droids are facing the other way, right? Because <laughs> and, and Luke too. It's just it seems kind of weird, but yeah, he's being confronted by he's, yeah. yeah. Okay, again, this is it's a podcast, Steve. They can't see, but you should really go, go yeah, to yeah. The, go to the show notes because this is just a great picture. I mean, you even have the power droid in sort of mid click. <laughs> and uh, it looks almost like like uh, you could redo the captioning, so it would be uh, Luke sticking up the power droid because he's pointing the yeah. gun right at it. Right at, right at it, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> so that, that's the unloved item, the the green Guido advert. Ad, I guess for the advertisement. Yeah, that's that sounds good. <laughs> that, that's probably how they'd say it. Yeah. So uh, there's our unloved item, and, and speaking of vintage commercials, mm. uh, I think it's about time we get a word from our our sponsor. All right. So once again, our sponsor is going to be uh, um, uh, Kenner Toys, uh, <laughs> and so they, they're they're very excited about their new line of uh, figures. Uh, much like Palatoy, they have a, a new line of figures coming out, and so uh, I'd like you to, to hear this commercial from Kenner. And uh, this was actually suggested to us by one of our uh, our Aussie listeners, uh, Brisbane Michael, uh, or Michael from Brisbane. <laughs> How do you pronounce that? Brisbane? I, I, I've heard Brisbane, but... Uh, Brisbane? I, Bris, I like Brisbane Michael as just a, a name. Yeah. That that sounds pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, but we'll try Brisbane. We'll call it Brisbane. Okay. Okay. Brisbane. Okay, so uh, he suggested this, and uh, let, let's have a listen to the new Star Wars figures from Kenner. The new Luke Skywalker X-Wing pilot from the Star Wars action figures collection, each sold separately. I'm Gallop, one of my droids. Show me what you got. It's the new R5-D4 and the power droid. So. And here's Greedo, Han Solo, and Walrus Man. You've had it now, Solo. Yeah. Greedo, it's Ben Kenobi and his lightsaber. We're in trouble. Let's get out of here. Luke Skywalker X-Wing pilot, R5-D4, Greedo, and other action figures sold separately, new from Clark. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Once again, if we could just loop it in with new action figures featuring <laughs> R5-D4, Han Solo, and Alan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's just what I was thinking. Uh, uh, yeah, so oh, yeah, good you, get, stuff. you guys should go out and, and get those. One dollar flicks. Market Watch. Uh, but before we go into it, Steve, it's our third season, and we haven't actually explained a $1 Vlix in a long time. That's true. Um, so we'll include the photo again, and uh, it's the famous story, Steve. What, what is the $1 Vlix story? 
so Vlix, you know, as far as production Star Wars figures goes, I guess he's, you know, considered the toughest to come by. Um, and uh, one turned up in a auction that featured a bunch of random loose toys of all yes. sorts and sizes and colors and My personal and favorite is a, uh, a Barney. Barney uh, Rubble, that's Barney right. Barney Rubble yeah. playing guitar. And yeah. hey, uh, if you want to, like, give the Kivecast the a gift uh, at Celebration <laughs> 6... You could show up with one of those. That'd be aces. You gotta find find him one of those Barneys. Yeah. Oh, or so. of, or of Licks, either one. But. Yeah, either one would be, <laughs> I think, just fine. But but I bring um, it up because um, uh, Kivecast space freak uh, Alex Bickmore, uh, he he uh, brings up this point. I didn't realize this, that the reason that no one saw the listing on eBay, is because all the top Star Wars collectors were not at their computers. They were uh, drinking and having a good time. At Celebration One in Denver. Wow! So, oh, man. isn't that great? That's great. That just gives a whole another level of of uh, specialness <laughs> to oh, this story. Yeah, and and, oh, and not to get all you know cheesy and emotional, but that's also too. I mean, the truth that you know the true value of the hobby isn't in getting the five thousand dollar figure for one dollar. <laughs> it's in getting to hang out with your buddies in Denver. Yeah, there you go. On in the crazy, crazy. Stormy weather, <laughs> right? From what I remember, yeah. At least that's, that's uh, at least that's what that's they the say. Story, yeah. My um, gosh, yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, but anyway, Steve, uh, this is your your time to shine. So what what did you find in the uh, in in the, the annals of eBay? You know, it's funny actually. Uh, this isn't really my time to shine. A couple of listeners really stepped up this month, and uh, cool. they did all my work for me. Wow. So I got I got to send a thank you. Well, we Brisbane Michael. Wow. He, uh, he Brisbane, good, Brisbane, darn it. Brisbane, Brisbane, I know. Uh, so, he sent us a good selection of stuff, as did uh, Pete, uh, who always does. Um, right. So I mean, we've got more than enough. We're probably actually gonna to space it out a little bit. We'll get a few next month too. But uh, oh, awesome. So yeah, they they you know thank you guys so much. He really uh, he helped me out. So yeah, th- th- thank you, Brisbane Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, so we'll start with some of the stuff that Pete brought up, and uh, I guess over the last couple months, there were some crazy three-pack sales, Ooh. and uh, as far as like production toys go, I think these are some of the coolest things out there. I, I, I never owned one, but um, they, just, they just look really impressive from a, from a packaging standpoint. But uh, the first one we got here was the Star Wars Droids three-pack, so this is all around the same time as these last... Uh, Figures on the Star Wars cards are coming out. Right, right around the time when Greedo is coming out, right? Yeah, Alan, Alan is coming into his own. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, let's see. All right. So the first one we got um, is the droid set, which has our three droids we were just talking about from that ad. It has R5B4, the uh, Death Star droid, and the Power Droid. And that one sold for $1,825. Huh. Uh, with 21 bids. Now, I, I have to be honest, I have not followed the market on these. I know they're they're pretty valuable. I just didn't really know where these auctions fit. And uh, according to Pete, some of these are actually bargains for what they are. So Right. Um, it's just uh, it's pretty amazing. There's another one of those, actually. There's two of them. Uh, the second one sold for $1,200 uh, or $1,247. And uh, that was on January 11th. So let's see. Yeah, these are all right around the same time, early January. Um, and uh, I, I don't know, when you see these, I just love the uh, that kind of 
neon green background color. Right. I, that's the way it looks on the computer anyways. But uh, they really knew what they were doing with these. Yeah, it's a great look. Well, you know, like I said a couple months ago, you know, they came out with the the modern three packs at right, Target. Right, right. It's, yeah. it's still awesome. Yeah. Um, okay, so the next pair we got are the villain set, and uh, that had Sand People, Boba Fett, and Snaggletooth in it, the little Snaggletooth, of course. And uh, these ones were very rare. Uh, the first one sold for uh, 3161 bucks with 28 wow. bits. And the second one was 3149 So, wow. I mean, they are, they are just obviously hot-ticket items as far as production stuff goes. Yeah, um, and they're going for three grand, huh? Yeah, I mean, that's... Oh, wow. Yeah, and uh, that's... Wow. And if I remember, the, the wording is great on the, uh, on the villain set. Oh, yeah, let's see. <laughs> I'm trying to find a good image of it here. <laughs> Oh, here it is. The, this, this band of evil enforcers try to crush the rebellion against the evil empire. And <laughs> I just love the idea. The Tuscan Raider, like, you're referring to me? <laughs> uh, oh, good stuff. Oh, man. Um, okay, there's one other one. This is from the Empire era. And this one tops them all. This is the, uh, the Imperial set that has the Imperial Commander, Dangar, and the Adat Driver. This one sold for thirty nine fifty. Wow. And I'm just, ooh, wow. That's just crazy. Yeah. I, I'm very impressive. Yeah, it is. So, all right, so let's just, like, uh, let's so wrap this. So then we got droids. One goes for 18. About 18. Next one goes for 13, call it. Mm-hmm. Okay. A villain's three pack goes for three grand. Another one goes for three grand. Yep. And then the imperial set goes for almost four. Almost four. Yeah. Wow. wow. Crazy. Yeah, that's that's why I don't own one. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's probably why I don't either. <laughs> but they oh. are really cool, and I think. Yeah. You know, Steve, we should uh, we should like have the audience do like a a wager or something, you know, when will Sky get his Android three pack, you know? <laughs> oh, that's right. Will that's be got like three years or two years or five years. I don't know. That's, that's the one with Chewie, R2, and 3PO, right? Yes, of course, because Chewbacca is an Android. Yes. you <laughs> cyborg. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, all right. So now what, we might as well give our, uh, our figure of the month some attention. Although he's gotten the most love of anyone since like, Oh yeah, I know. It's, <laughs> it's, it's great. We love Alan. <laughs> Uh, all right. So the, the first one, uh, this is also from Pete. It was a Greedo Squidhead two pack, uh, and uh, so we're going a little forward in time. We're, I don't, I don't get to start with a twelve pack. It's, it's kind of fun. I'm breaking, breaking the mold here. Yeah, it's cool uh, though, because you know, have like the three pack and the two pack. Yeah. Um, and it's funny. This is one of those that does kind of make sense as far as like a two pack goes. Yeah, uh, I can see the Squidhead and and Greedo hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. And this one sold for six ninety five. So, and, and for one of those two packs, it doesn't look like it's too terribly beaten up either, which is. Oh, it didn't pretty... sell right. It's for sale. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, because okay, it's, 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 it's still currently. That's right. Yeah, it's for sale by uh, Todd DiMartino. So. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, hey, free advertising. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh man, see, look at that KB price tag, a dollar forty nine. Yeah, oh, that, that's that's a good deal. Something of a markup. <laughs> Uh, all right. So now we'll get into Greedo proper. 
Right. Um, so this is the real season four style, you know, yeah. being the, the, the first card that he appeared on, a 20 back, right? Right. And this is a, that's the one thing I don't like about these cards. They put, they put that Boba Fett offer right on the face of all these cool aliens. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, yeah, it's funny. So it's, it's the, the 20 back with the Boba Fett offer. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it's in okay condition. Eh, it's got a sticker tear. But yeah, it's, you know, middle of the middle of the road, I guess. They could uh, not have put that offer in a worse place. No. <laughs> it's covering his snout. Like he could have like, you know, a giant mouth or no mouth or you just don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, this one sold for 10250. Uh all right, so the next one is a 21 back and that that has the full full uh snout of Greedo exposed. Um Ooh. There you go. <laughs> And it's a little bit better condition than the first one, it looks like. And uh, that one sold for $200. Um, so it seems like there's a, a definite premium, not just on price, but on not having the, the sticker covering. Yeah. Yeah, I think if, if I was going for one of these, I'd, I'd try to get one of the uh, the 21 backs instead, the offerless ones. Yeah, it's, uh, it's cool, though, because, uh, you know, usually Kenner would try to airbrush the artwork so that their, like, failed attempts of the figure would match their card back. Yeah, right. Um, but they didn't. They they no, don't no, have they... this cool vest that the figure doesn't have. Yeah, that's that's a good point. That'd be kind of funny if they had applied their usual tactic with that. Uh, moving on, this one was an Empire twenty one back uh, Ooh, graded AFA eighty. Yeah, this is this is up your alley here. Um, and that one sold for two hundred. So that's the one with the uh, secret Star Wars figure offer, and also right. right over his poor mouth. And that's actually one of the uh, ones not that easy to find for the ESP twenty one backs. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so two hundred bucks. Do you think that would be a decent uh, decent I, buy? Or? It still seems a little high, but I guess it's graded. Yeah, yeah that's um, true. There's a chance uh, I would have paid that when I was like looking for those super hardcore. Yeah. yeah let's see. Um, all right, wrapping it up, we have a Jedi seventy seven back, and this one's more the the a little bit rougher. He's he's seen some better days, but. Uh, Maybe Han shot first in this one. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, and this one sold for 37 bucks. So if you want to get Greedo on card, $37 will do it. Um, yeah. That's not, you know, it's not, not bad. It's not that beat up. It's just a yellow bubble, yeah, right? Yeah, just a yellow bubble. And it looks like the card's a little warped. But no, right. so not bad. Again, I mean, yeah, that's money. That's real money. But that's a nice figure. And that'd, that'd be pleasant to have. Yeah. And, uh Yeah. Wow, but, that's... Uh, yeah, thank you uh, to both of you for uh, for supplying those because uh, yeah, I would have been kind of scrambling this morning. Yeah, <laughs> poor, poor, poor Steve doing his his uh, his craziness with his oh, yeah. library science. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, awesome. Well, that seems to me, and I think the the real big one is the offerless twenty back, right? That's the one that's the super expensive. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd imagine. I know. That's one where I guess people usually pay a premium, but yeah. it's rare. So one didn't, one didn't show up. So hey, how about that, space freaks? If you know the going rate of an offerless, you know what? If you know the going rate of all of the second series on twenty backs, why don't you send us an email? Because uh, that'd be interesting to know. Just you know, what, what could you expect to pay for a you know C seven C eight uh, offerless for all these? Because I know they they sometimes go for crazy money. Yeah. So. Yeah, let's Good. see. But uh, before we get to feedback, Steve, I uh, I, I want to sort of preface our interview. 
Okay. And this is going to be an exciting interview, Steve, because it's going to be in-house. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, the, 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 the host of the uh, Force cast, Collector cast, happens to live in Rochester. So, oh, cool. Yeah, right he's, he's going to come by well, tomorrow, and uh, he's going to check out the collection, and we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, about what's new in the vintage line because, uh, I don't know, it's happening now, and I feel like – you and I have not done that good of a job of keeping up on it. <laughs> I mean, we, uh, I'll, I'll agree. <laughs> the Gentle Giant stuff, like it's still coming out. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, and this is, That's you know, true. it's cool stuff, and it's really helping the vintage market. I think. I yeah, mean, yeah, I think it really is. So yeah, so uh, without further ado, let's talk to Dan Curto. I almost called him Curto just for the rhyme, Steve, but that'd have been <laughs> disrespectful. Don't know that. All right. Well, it's pretty exciting here on the Kivecast. First time we've had an in-person interview, I think, ever. Uh, we're here by the, the muddy shores of the Erie Canal. I'm here with Dan Curto. Hey, how you doing? You know, I think, Dan, uh, I was trying to do the math, right? And if you figure that we have, you know, maybe the most influential uh, podcast as far as vintage collecting goes, and you have the most influential podcast as far as modern collecting goes, my host is in California. My co-host is in California. Yours is in London. Right. That means Rochester, New York is the center of collecting podcasts. What do you think, Dan? I love it. I love it. Absolutely. And, you know, that's how it should be, really. That's how it should be. I mean, here we are in, in Rochester. Everyone just looks at it and says, oh, where's that? What is it? Well, it's the center of the podcasting universe. So. <laughs> the Star Wars collecting podcasting universe. Yes, the Star Wars collecting <laughs> podcast universe. The point we have you on here is just I want to get the, the vintage collectors to know what's it like out there for the modern collecting, what's coming out. I know you just went to, uh, to Toy Fair. Right, and I think the big thing we're most excited about what's what's going on with Tarkin. Well, Tarkin has been known for what about a year, I think, um, and it's been, you know we're dying for information on when he's coming out. Uh, he will be released, I believe, in the fall. Okay, um, and it'll be on a vintage collection card. So finally, after what thirty-five plus years, thirty-five plus years, <laughs> uh, you know, Tarkin is one of those characters that was a was a glaring omission from the Kenner days. It certainly was. Yeah, and Sand Trooper and several others, but especially Tarkin because he's the main bad guy. Let's face it. Right. Um, so he's finally coming out. Super articulated body, and the, the one interesting thing is that he's coming with soft goods skirt, huh? Which Kind of, maybe not the direction I would have liked to have seen them go. I don't even, he had a skirt in the movie? Well, you know, the, the, the skirt from his, from his shirt. Right, his from his shirt uniform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, See, that, that's where you lose us vintage guys, the over soft goods stuff. It's a little... Uh, right, right, because there wasn't that much back in the day. No, not too much, a little bit. You know, like, like, uh, uh, yeah, and Jedi. Klaatu had his woolly, uh, yep. his woolly skirt. Which but, they uh, kept when they redid him uh, oh, yeah? years back. Oh, yeah. Yes, wow. in the vintage collection, uh, the Reven- or, uh, sorry, the Return of the Jedi wave had a... They now call him Woof, 
That's right. Yeah. That, well, that was his original name. Yes. Yeah. But he has the fur skirt, which which was awesome. Yeah. 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 And he was a pig warmer, unfortunately. I don't know why. That was one of my favorite uh, figures. Uh, all, all the good ones are. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. So, but so yes, Tarkin is finally coming out. Yeah, I was thinking it'd be fun to do just uh, like almost get all the pictures of all of the custom ones that were made before 1995 because that oh. I think that had to be the most customized figure and everyone just wanted the Tarkin. Right. So it's well, funny. you know, that's how I got my start in, in Star Wars world of collecting. Was, no, was, was as, as a customizer. Oh, really? Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. I, I well, I hadn't done it in a long time, but I used to be uh, the collect the custom alliance. Oh, that's right. Is, is yeah. my site and has 300 plus guests and a lot of custom Tarkins. <laughs> Wait, that's your site? Too. That is my site. Wow, yeah, okay. Yeah. And, and then the other thing I saw at, uh, was it a Toy Fair? They announced they're coming out with uh, Star Wars figures where the lightsabers come out of their hands? Yes. Okay, so, so what this is, I mean, if you're... A modern guy, which I, I, I know you are a little bit. A little bit. If, okay. it, if, if it's Wookiee and, or if it's for my kid. Right, right. right. When, when they have a movie release on the big screen, they will come out with action features. So right. toys that allow you to play with them, which obviously you want to do that for kids. Right, totally pointless, but I get your right. point. <laughs> <laughs> for, for me, I don't play with them so much. <laughs> but yeah, so, so this new line that they have out now, it's called Movie Heroes. Okay. And every figure is a figure that has some type of playing action feature. Right. Okay. Right now in stores are a lot of the classic greatest hits, if you will. So ones that they've done in the past. Right. Coming out in the next future wave are light up lightsabers. Wow. That's just, that's too cool. So if you're, if you're fortunate to live in Canada, you, you, <laughs> you've gotten them already, but in the U.S. they're not out yet, but... Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan Kenobi, you push a button on their belt buckle, and the lightsaber is, is already, the hand is already extended, but the tube goes through the arm and it lights up. Right, so it's like the vintage comes out of the hand, except it lights up. Very similar, yes. And they're doing um, Anakin Skywalker from Episode 3 and Darth Vader. Really? Yes. So they will wow. have the classic Darth Vader with the light-up lightsaber arm, and I believe he also comes, well, I can't remember if it's cloth or plastic cape, but... Whatever. The point is, you push the button on his belt and his arm will light up. Wow, that's awesome. Now, they're also doing a Luke Skywalker in a Snowspeeder outfit, but he does not have the light-up lightsaber. Oh, well, that's okay, because he yeah. didn't have it in the vintage, so... Right, well, right, right. he was an X-Wing pilot. <laughs> right, he's an X-Wing pilot, so you had to kind of, like, make it, make it work for that. Um, although I don't know if they're doing Ben Kenobi. Now, I, I don't know about you, but I think of... Alec Guinness's character as Ben Kenobi, and right. Ewan McGregor's character as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, I see that. In, yeah. my, in my mind, that's how I will always call them, and I <laughs> do not like to refer to old Ben as Obi-Wan. Right. That's not, technically, yes, that's true, right. but I call him Ben. I, I see. <laughs> that's, that's, that's good reasoning. So no known plans for a Ben Kenobi with a light-up arm, but who knows? Maybe they'll do it in the future. How has the, the Hasbro vintage line, has it done well financially for Hasbro? For the most part, um, I think so. It's it's strange because there's a lot of great sculpts, great new characters that they've done, and there's a few greatest hits they call them that uh, you know are basically as like Commander Gree, for example, from Revenge of the Sith. Right. They did that in 2008. What could you possibly do to make it better? So they brought him back uh, in in uh, one of the waves. Right. Um, but what they're doing is is they're focusing on all of the films. In 2010, for Celebration 5, with uh, 4LOM and Zuckus. 
Oh, right. That's right. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. So it was, it was the modern sculpts, but in the classic Kenner deco. Right. And uh, that I, I, would, I would like to see more of that. Well, Wouldn't you? I, I absolutely <laughs> would. But actually, it's, it's uh, one of the things that we're championing. We haven't mentioned it yet on this episode, Dan. Okay. But, uh, you know, what is Celebration 6 celebrating? There's a whole bunch of possibilities. Oh. But we have the answer, Dan. Oh, okay. They're celebrating the 30th anniversary of the end of the Forlom offer. <laughs> so the offer ends if you look on the back of the 47 back like card you backs, call them four lam and I call them four LOM. Yeah, I I'm, I also call them ATATs. Awesome. I've got all these things. <laughs> but uh anyways, so in uh, uh October, I mean August 31st, 1982, that's when the offer ended. And so we figured that's okay. the real that's what it's really about. I mean, Lucas hasn't announced it yet. <laughs> uh, I mean, I imagine a high up like you probably already knows and you have to pretend like you don't know that's what it's really about. But it's, it's all about four lam. I like that idea very much. <laughs> well, I mean, this is the 35th anniversary of A New Hope. This is the 10th right. anniversary of Attack of the Clones, yet we're celebrating the release of Episode 1. Right. And, and we're, <laughs> Celebration 6 is a year before the 30th anniversary of Revenge of the Sith. Uh, Return, Return of the Jedi. Of the Jedi sorry. Uh, Which is the 6th episode, so... Yeah, it's, it's, it's strange. It's strange. But whatever. It's just another Star Wars party, so that's It's cool. all about Forlom or Zuckus, <laughs> or however you come down on that debate. Right, right, right. And, and as far as the... the the collectors of modern, what's been the opinion? I remember at the beginning, they were always more expensive than the other figures. Are they still more expensive they than They are. Other? They yeah. are. Um, it's strange because the, the Saga Legends and the Clone Wars line was a dollar cheaper than Vintage Collection. So that's actually still the same okay. now, which is kind of frustrating. But what you're getting is, is much better sculpting, much better articulation, lots of accessories. So if you like soft goods, you're getting that as well. Um, that's what the vintage collection is offering for the collectors. If you want the toys to play with and bash together for little kids, you go right. with the other lines. Okay. I know a lot of fans who only want to see vintage collection from now on. Right. Right. Like me, yeah. <laughs> okay. And uh, I can tell you that we are going to see the Vintage Collection continue throughout 2012. Okay. Into 2013. Okay. But rumor has it. Now, this is a, a Toy Fair rumor Toy that came Fair out. murmuring, okay. Okay. That the Vintage Collection will be going on hiatus. Really? Uh, for a period of time. Okay. Um, the Hasbro has always said that they didn't want it to wear out its welcome. Right. So... I think maybe after being out for two years, it's time for a little bit of a refresh. Right. But they plan to bring it back a few years later. But what's interesting is this, and I don't know if you follow the modern line as, as closely, but they're coming back with the Build-A-Droids. Huh. But not vintage. Well, it'll be... It's not going to be called vintage, probably. Right. I, I don't know what they're going to call it. Right. Um, but the Build-A-Droid collection will come back, and you can assemble the different uh, right. you know, droids, which was well, you know, there very was, popular. There was the vintage droid factory, so we, we in, the, in, the, in the vintage lane, we do like to... Uh, wouldn't, wouldn't that be a cool Celebration 6 exclusive? That really would be. Yes, it would be. Wow. Hmm. I'm not saying that it is. All right. Well, hey. Um, oh, but speaking <laughs> of vintage stuff... Um, the San Diego Comic-Con exclusive uh -huh. was announced at Toy Fair, and it is actually going to be six figures that are going to be released on what they're calling a Lost Line. Okay. Now, as the story goes, there were two cardback designs that Kenner was oh. considering. Okay. The classic design that we know and love. Right. And another design, which 
which apparently has only existed in uh, just a, like a sketch and a drawing. Right. And George Lucas himself looked at it and said, well, I like this one, so let's go with this one. Right. And that's the, the Kenner line that we have seen for many years. And we're seeing brought back in Vintage Collection. What they're doing is they're going back to that other design. Really? Yes. And they're releasing six cards. Okay. I can tell you it's on your website. Because okay. that's where <laughs> I'm going to reference it later okay. when, when right. I write the story. <laughs> so um, it's on the archive. That's yeah, good. Yeah. So, so they're making it into full-blown packaging, and it's going to have six characters, one from each film. Wow. And they're going to be released as a set in a carbon freeze chamber hexagonal box. Wow, that sounds expensive. <laughs> About $70. Okay, not too bad. Okay, but there's a seventh figure that's included in it. Okay. It's Jar Jar Binks and Carbonite. Oh, nice. Like the one that uh, Lucas has in his... Exactly. Uh, wow. And that will be on a vintage Kenner-esque card back. Really? Like, like you think it's going to be Power of the Force, like the Han and Carbonite? Uh, ooh, that would be cool, but no. No? Okay. No. The Power of the Force they have not done in the vintage collection. It's that's, true, yeah. That's, that's uh, hmm, interesting. Do you think they ever would? Um, I don't. Yeah. And actually, I know this because I've asked them that question okay. before. Yeah, yeah. So, like, for example... It didn't work out too well for Kenner, so it's well, okay. <laughs> well, for example, they did uh, Lando Calrissian in his uh, Rebel General outfit. Right. The cape. Right. And that was released on a regular um, that's right. Return of the Jedi. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so we need to be paying, because, paying more attention here because this is... I mean, the thing for us as vintage collectors is it, it really is good for us because it drums up more attention and it, it keeps right. things... You know, it keeps it relevant and it's something we can talk about, but... We just... Uh, the reason they didn't do it was because of the coins. Right. And they had just done the coins in 2007, so they weren't going to bring those back. Right. And I'm, I don't know if you remember, but everyone was saying that was the end, right? That that <laughs> because Kenner died with coins, that Hasbro was killing off Star Wars by giving away coins at the same time. Oh. And, that, and that it was... This is like a big conspiracy theory among the vintage collectors. They're okay. Like, oh, Hasbro's finally cashing it in. Last ditch effort. The coins, just like in 85, history repeats itself. Well, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. <laughs> <no>. <laughs> We're still going strong and, uh, yeah. five years later. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. Wow. And then as far as... As like the the gentle giant stuff. I mean, do you do you collect that stuff as well? The, the jumbo yeah, twelve the, inch. The jumbo. I do inch. not. No, just because it's too expensive. Uh, well, I, where would I put it? Right. Yeah. That's. <laughs> that I'll tell my you problem. what. <laughs> when they do a blue snaggletooth, I am all over it. Okay. Well, you see, that's a problem. Is you know, how would you package it? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, see that, I don't that, know. That's. But I challenged gentle giant at celebration five that they better do it before Hasbro does. Right. Because Hasbro is rumor has it. Hasbro is working on a Snaggletooth figure. Well, they came out with Gargan, so... <laughs> why not? Yeah, why, why not? not? And yeah. they have done a blue Snaggletooth, but it was a repaint of a Kitbash figure uh, that was part of an exclusive uh, three-pack for the Cantina. Right. Back, I want to say, 2005, possibly. Right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, you know, it was what it was. It was a blue Snaggletooth. Ha-ha. Right. Um, <laughs> but I would like to see if General Giant really does go all the way. Um I like to see it on a card back because it's never been done before. Right, because now they've made it up to what? To Luke X-Wing? And yes, but they just announced that they were considering a Gamorrean guard. Really? Yeah. As that would be PGM awesome. exclusive. But it's too soon. It's way too soon, but it'd still be awesome. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I mean, that was, my, that was like my, one of my favorite characters as a kid. So The Gamorrean. Yeah, oh, I loved him. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, they're, they're eventually, General Giant's eventually going to get to, they would like to get to everybody. Really? Obviously. Wow. Um, but I think uh, they're up to, what, 12? 
thirteen. Yeah, I mean, I, I, again, I just, I just look for Chewbacca, and you know, my, my co-host is, yeah. a, is a B-wing pilot collector. So, oh, it's be a, be a while before we get to B-wing. Probably. Be a while before we get there. <laughs> so, so Dan Curto is known as the expert on all modern collecting. He doesn't like to say it, but well, that's, that's how we know. It. <laughs> Thank you. But, but, but why don't you share us with your story? What, what is your history with vintage? Uh, well, when I was a kid, I, I collected all of them. Okay. But I, I would rip them off the cards. And okay. I, I, I would play with them, obviously. Um, but I kept the cards. Oh, cool. So you, so you kept the but card But I also used the card packs as checklists. Right. So I would flip them over, and I would X out all of them. Right. I mean, had I known, I might have saved. And right. then, of course, I cut out the little uh, the proof of purchase right. circles. Right, proof of purchases, right. Yeah, yeah, to mail in for my rocket-firing Boba Fett that didn't fire. Right, of course. Uh, which they have now corrected. I know, yeah. Yes. That's, that, yes. That, we, we covered that one a I'm lot. sure. I'm very sure. excited about the rocket-firing Fett. Um, yeah, that, so that was cool. Uh, but I, I collected all of the vintage Star Wars proper. Right. I didn't collect the um, droids in the Ewoks line because that came out after I was you know in high school and discovered girls and all this other stuff. Right. Um, didn't get all the vehicles and and um, play sets, but oddly enough, my f- neighborhood kids growing up. Right. Okay, so this is like late 70s, early 80s. Um, there were four or five of us that collected, and we all got together and said, okay, so I'm going to make my dad buy me the Millennium Falcon. You make your mom buy you the... <laughs> so if we put us all together, we had right. the whole set. So when we got together, we, awesome. we had Stormtrooper armies, Tusken Raider armies, you know, and Man, that's uh, organization. Now, where, where that was in New Jersey. Is that that right? was in New Jersey. Wow. Yes, yes. So, um, after we had gotten a little bit older, and the movies were pretty much done and whatnot, um, I actually ended up getting all of those toys from my friends. Nice, because they didn't want them anymore. They're like, yeah, I don't want this. You can right, have this. I'm right. like, oh, perfect. And I mean, I got to tell you, my vintage collection toys are or vintage my. Vintage Kenner toys, because right. Vintage Collection is a whole other thing. <laughs> of now. course. So, yeah, I ended up with all of the toys. That's quite a coup. That's and great. all of my vintage toys are in played-with condition. Which is how they should be. Right. So the paint's right. chipping. Um, we had actually taken... I don't know what we were thinking. We had like some kind of like sp- white spray thing that we sprayed on all of our characters to simulate they were on Hoth. Nice. And most of the time it washed off, but sometimes it didn't. Oh, that's great. So, um, I actually found out recently that my Death Star droid has a broken arm. Huh. So I need to... But the, here's the... Okay, so I will never replace those. Right, of course. You can't. Because those are the toys that I played with in my childhood. Right. So when people say, well, you have all the figures, I'm like, I do, but... Right, you do, but... Yeah. Right. So, like, my Darth Vader cape is, is so ripped up, but I, it's still the Darth Vader cape. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, got, it's ripped and torn. Um, I actually gave my Lando Calrissian um, Adama's cape from the Battlestar Galactica line, because I liked it better. Oh, man, that's rough. <laughs> and I gave that plastic gray cape I stuck on uh, my blue snaggletooth, and I would call him Heater, which was a character that was in the NPR... Uh, Star Wars adaptation. Right, But yeah, I had no yeah. idea who that was. <laughs> so when I would play with them, you know, little furry feet Snaggletooth was Snaggletooth, and blue Snaggletooth was Heater. Oh, that's awesome. I don't know who that was, though. Yeah. Wow. Um, and then another, another really tangent now, but I lost Chewbacca in the snow. Okay. So I had to get another one. Right. And then when the snow thawed in the spring, I actually found him. He was in the street, and he got run over by a car, so he was broken. Nice. So I took him home in perfect customizer section. I taped him up with scotch tape. Sweet. And he was now another character called Thanagar. 
Thanagar is the homeworld of Hawkman from DC Comics, if you don't right, know. Right, right, okay. But that's what I called him. So I had two Wookiees. I'm like, well, who's he? Uh, he's Thanagar. There you go. He works with Boba Fett. Why? I don't know. <laughs> Boba Fett has Wookiee scalps. That's yeah. probably not a good partnership, yeah, I'm not, thinking. Not a good partnership. But, wow. Yeah, so... <laughs> no, that's that's. All. I mean, the the my, my co-host Steve, he's famous because he has the collection of the rejects. So he goes to conventions ah. and he finds all the figures. The the firecrackers been blown up and <laughs> run over in cars. And yes. his actual original or dogs yeah, chewed off. Dog chewed. Yeah, he has all of it. And so uh, his uh, he collects B-wing pilots because he didn't have a Luke, and okay. so he just pretended. That that was Luke, which I think is the most right. cutest, saddest story you've ever heard. And part so of he it, had the B-wing pilot, but not an X-wing pilot. Yeah, but not an X-wing okay. pilot. And so and that was like buried in the, his backyard, and he found it again. So right. Anyways, it's, isn't that great? Yeah, you're just like, oh wow, I can't believe I had this. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I do, before you go though, you do have to answer. There's we have a series of, of sort of lightning questions. We oh. call the so be it lightning round. But I'll, I'll just so be it. Ask you the, the one because we have a little debate as to if there are any good questions, but there's one question that is good. It's going to take you a second, though, to answer okay. this one, okay? Sure. If you were any Star Wars collectible, which one would you be? I would be, I would be the Patrol Dubak. Okay. <laughs> Great answer. Why because, is that? Because he carried all the troops all over the place. He <laughs> okay. was the beast of burden. Okay. You know, and whenever I go to shows, I'm always lugging crap on my back and <laughs> carrying it around for other people and stuff like that. I'm a mule. Okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm a big guy, so it's not like I can't handle it. Right. Um, and I always, I always like that. I'm, I, he's a tough kind of a yeah, lizardy he's tough. type he's character. Cool. And you know, this is the original design, not right. the special edition do-back, no. not the not the uh, prequel do-back that they've released uh, at no. Walmart recently. All right. Um but yeah, maybe I would, I that, would that's say a that. good and also you have that giant uh, hole in your back too. So that's Well, that's yeah. Yeah, you got to have that. You got to have that. <laughs> no, um, that's a good answer. That was, that was a pretty quick answer too. Well, I had to think of which one. I mean, I liked the do-back because it was yeah, he was different, but he was a real-world creature type added into this galaxy far, far away. Right, yeah. You know? And uh, it was always fascinating to me that they would use these giant lizards to, to travel around. Um, and Tauntauns weren't as cool. Uh, list the, the, uh, the top, the, the Star Wars movie in order of your preference. Oh, that's easy. The Empire Strikes Back. Number okay. one. one. Far none. Uh, number two is a little bit of a challenge because I got to go with A New Hope just because of classic. Okay. Uh, but it's very, very closely followed by Revenge of the Sith. Really? Yes. Because okay. Especially the end of Revenge of the Sith because I right. love how it tied everything together. Okay. Um, after that, I would go Jedi. Okay. And then uh, Attack of the Clones and Phantom Menace. Okay, so you end. No, I don't with... mean to say that I dislike Phantom Menace. Right. Well, it's not my favorite. It's it, you won't win any friends on this podcast <laughs> liking Phantom Menace. I can tell you that much. It's, right. uh, okay. I, I, I do, but I'm you assuming know. we're not talking Clone Wars. No, no, no. Okay. We're not. We're not talking Clone Wars. Let's see. I haven't. I see. I haven't asked uh, the the original questions in a while. Okay. Do you have any like collecting grails? See, that's it's kind of hard to ask people who don't collect stuff that's just like you know so old and forever ago. Hmm. But is there anything that's like? You really want to get, but you don't think you you may get it, but may never actually get it. I, I did not collect the droids. Okay, but I do have an R two D two from the droids line. Right. I don't have a C three PO. Okay. 
Well, we'll, we'll help you out at C6. So, I'll find you one of those. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> um, Th- those aren't too hard to find. But, I mean, for, for me, my focus is obviously the, the, the most recent releases. Um, but to go back and try and, and pick some of those stuff up, I've either done it already, or as I said, I got it from my friends. Well, awesome. Well, that, that was the, the so be it lightning round. So, yeah, well, was, that was, was fun. It was well I answered. I may, I may change my answers if I think about this longer. But. Yeah, no, no, it's funny. We, we have uh, we have one one visitor. He comes on almost every every month. He's the bootleg master. He knows everything okay. about bootlegs. Nice. Um, and we asked him, which figure would you be? And, and he couldn't answer. And, like, he's still, you know, we, every month, like, can you answer that question yet? And My favorite vintage figure was Bespin Han Solo. Okay, that's a good one. Because that was, I mean, he was my favorite character. Okay. And uh, that was his coolest outfit as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And in the 80s, of course, that's when we did all of our playing. And he was, I mean, when I played, he was Han, he was Indiana Jones, he was Decker from Blade Runner. Right, You yes. know what I mean? <laughs> so, I mean, I have him. And in fact, I'll show you later, he's on my business card. Oh, nice. Yeah, and I'll tell you the story behind that later on. Wow. <laughs> well, uh, I can tell you here. Why not? Okay. So, so at, at Celebration 4, um, all of all the guys from the Rebel Scum team had different... Oh, can we mention Rebel Scum? Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, we, yeah, we exactly. talked about... We, uh, we're, uh, we're, we're pretty uh, loose and free and loose with the okay. rules here. We, uh, we generate no income, no profit, no advertising, no nothing. <laughs> we're just... Okay. <laughs> okay, so all of, all of the staff members from, from Rebel Scum had their business cards made up. With a photo of our, our our personal favorite vintage character. Oh, that's cool, yeah. Okay. So so my, as I just said, was Bespin Han Solo. Now, a funny thing happened. Okay. I'm the man behind the curtain at conventions, usually. Right. Okay. So I go out, and I'm updating the website while everybody is running around taking pictures and getting information, coming back to me. It's changed now that Facebook and Twitter are around because you can just do that instantly from where you are. Right. But back in the day, I was the guy at the laptop and behind the curtain, literally. Right. And and no one saw me. Right. And uh, it no one could find me. Okay. Okay. So Chris, we were talking about him earlier. Right. Right. He. You mean Chris Jorgulius? Yes. 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 He, we we have to mention him every month. About okay. Four well, or five times. Here you go. So, so we are personally responsible for his name being pronounced correctly. At least in... I'm glad you did it then. For our listeners, yes. <laughs> well, Chris came up to me and said, Kurt I'm like, what? And he goes, I need your business card. I'm like, uh, why? He goes, you don't know? And of course I don't know. <laughs> My business card became the chase card of the convention because once all the vintage collectors found out that we had vintage characters on our cards, right. they had to get the whole set. Of course. Well, yeah. they couldn't get mine because nobody could hiding. find me. Right. Well, thank you so much, Dan, and we'll uh, we'll edit this together and, and have you on again because uh, we're part of the center of the yeah. Star Wars collectible podcasting universe. That's right. I love that. I love yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, cool. We'll talk to you soon, Dan. Okay. Thanks for having <laughs> me on. All right. Well, as uh, Steve, you're just going to have to imagine you just heard that interview. <laughs> uh, I'm used to that. Yeah, used to that. <laughs> but hey, actually, uh, I was really hoping that Lobart would get on the line, but he's oh. a little busy with like Boy Scouts and stuff. Okay. Uh, I mean, he's, he's not in the Boy Scouts. But, oh. you know, <laughs> my nephew is. Um, but uh, I was going to say that I was going to feature something he did, speaking of the modern toys. Oh, because okay. uh, we'll send a link to it. But he did a tutorial on how to set up, like uh, how to open up a modern vintage figure, and uh, and like put in the back of that figure, um, like an actual vintage figure. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, so it, so it just looks like 
you know, the real thing. And then he had his daughter open it up and just be like, oh, no, she's opening up a real vintage card. <laughs> um, and, and he made that. I thought it was pretty fun and, and didn't get that much uh, didn't get that much attention. So oh, I, I cool. wanted to give it the, the Kivecast bump. Yeah. And, uh, I guess he's too busy at the Wolf Den. <laughs> but uh, anyways, before we get into feedback, Steve, uh, you said that you had a, a dilemma for me. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I I totally forgot about that segment until like about four o'clock this afternoon. I'm like, oh man, what am I going to do? And uh, <laughs> so I had, to, I had to really dig deep and uh, I came up with this question for you. Okay. For which historical event would you rather be a fly on the wall? The first one would be the photo shoot of the original 12 mock-up figures that I guess they were, the photo guys were taken about 15 days before the movie came out. Okay. So a fly on the wall, I can't touch anything. I can just see. No. You can okay. just see. The second would be uh, the negotiations with the Meccano company for the Star Wars license in France. Wow. I think I'd have to say the photo shoot. Okay. And, and I'll tell you why. Because it would just be just really exciting to see those figures out and about and just to see people just kind of like goof with them and know that like they're not out there. Yeah. The Meccano thing's really exciting, but like – it's kind of like business. Like, yeah. like maybe if it was be a fly on the wall when the when they first came up with the idea of coming up with a square card. Ooh, that's or, a good one. Or a fly on the wall when they came up with what are they going to call, you know, Chewbacca. <laughs> you know, like, like, like the board meeting. I, I think, yeah, yeah. I think then I would probably go France because I'd, okay. I'd love to see them all sit around and say, hey, what if it is square? It's a good idea, on peut le... Yeah. Uh, so that's a good one, Steve. That's a good dilemma, though. Oh, thank you. Uh, I, I wasn't really sure. It's hard, you're a hard guy to stump, so so I, I gave it my best shot. Well, you know, I, I have I have my I, I tend to uh, have my thoughts and stick to them, but uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Well, it'll, it'll be my turn to volley back uh, next month. Right. So yeah, it was, it was a good month for feedback, though, Steve. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, I think we should start with the fact that we got a phone call. Oh, good. These are always the best. <laughs> These are always good, um, and uh, and we'll we'll play it. It's from uh, uh, Darth Be- Berizing. Okay. Is it is it Berizing or Brisbane? I don't. <laughs> I'm just driving that into the ground, Steve. You got to stop me. Dig up, dig up. <laughs> uh, so yeah, let's let's have a listen. Wampa Wampa, guys. It's John Ragusa, a.k.a. Darth Berzing. I just listened to the Chive cast, and uh, I got to tell you, Scott, you sounded so needy for a phone call, man. So I'm reaching out to you with a little uh, little New York love. Anyway, guys, love the show. Uh, great deal. I got to tell you, uh, you guys did my focus on the first cast, and uh, it helped open a lot of doors. A lot of people reached out to me, heard me on the uh, heard you on the cast. And send me leads for stuff, you know, check out this, check out that. And it's really, it's helped my focus come along. So I really appreciate it. And uh, don't forget to focus a little bit on the foreign stuff. I haven't heard it too much lately. So when you're checking out what's been sold, you know, nothing wrong with uh, looking on the board. A lot, of, a lot of good foreign stuff's been transacting lately. So uh, definitely worth taking a shout and uh, looking at it. And uh, keep up the good work. Wampa Wampa, boys. 
All right. Well, thank you, John. And I, I think he's right. I think we should maybe touch some more on foreign stuff. It's been a while since we've done a world tour or something like That's that. That's true. I, I was thinking about that, actually. Uh, we we, uh, we got to get another one of those going. Yeah. So yeah, I think that'd be good. And I, really, the the it's all worth it. There's no other reason to call us more than for the automatic translation. Um, Darth Berezing was, uh, was translated as drug dialing. <laughs> <laughs> Not drunk dialing, but drug dialing? Drug dialing, yeah. Okay. And Wampa Wampa, the first time, was walking one. And the second time, it was white blob. <laughs> so he said, Wampa Wampa boys, he goes, white blob voice. <laughs> and uh, it was awesome of him to offer us calling the random lightning round. But it, it's 11 o'clock, and I don't know if he has, like, family or anything like that. So I... Uh, I'm really excited to do the random lightning round, but uh, I'm not quite sure. But I, I, I like how he noticed that I was desperate to be called. So uh, <laughs> I, I was. When I was editing it, I'm like, am I going to take that out? I'm like, no. Let's, let's leave nah, it raw. I don't know. <laughs> but, but, you know, maybe we may be desperate, Steve, but we're not dumb. And uh, we've finally given in to, to Twitter, right? Yes, yes, we have. <laughs> so we, it's official. Trevor is now our tweeter duder. <laughs> and sorry, sorry, Trevor. I think that that's just gonna stick. <laughs> he said he wanted to be called Grand Moff Twitter, but uh, <laughs> nope, Tweeter Duder. <laughs> it's too good. Um, uh, and oh, and man. he made this really good point, which is that uh, we haven't had any comments on our iTunes uh, page, like our uh-huh. iTunes thing, since yeah. 2010. Ooh, and that's really key for visibility. So, yeah, so Space Freaks, if you love the Kivecast Vintage Pod, if you want us to grow, if you want us to have the coolest parties, the most amazing, you know, show, <laughs> uh, you know, go there, give us five stars, give us one star, I don't care, give us five stars. Uh, say what you like about the show, say what your favorite section is, you know, just, if we can just get more on there, that'd be great. You know, uh, join us at Twitter, at Kivecast. Hashtag. Hashtag. See, we're both. <laughs> Hashtag. We, tweet, we, we can't even promote this right, man. <laughs> we can't, but. Uh, anyway, you'll, you'll find us. I, I'm sure yeah, you will. You'll find us. And Steve, you know, I think you should put out that call on the Facebook, too. Yeah, I was actually going to say, uh, speaking of social media, we have two critical developments on the Facebook page. Really? Uh, the first one is that we've gone from one person talking about this to six. Nice. And I'll, that's a nice, you know, growth rate. The second is, I just received a notification this afternoon that none other than John Alvarez likes us, finally. Nice. <laughs> wow. But, uh, anyway, no, the Facebook yeah. thinks it's going pretty good. I, I try and keep up with it at least, you know, I, at least a week or two after we record. So, uh, right. <laughs> the, the most famous curmudgeon of all Star Wars collecting <laughs> likes us, then you can too. Ah. <laughs> uh. Good old John, man. We need to see more of you. Yeah, I need to see more of you, man. Oh, yeah. We also got another a Facebook message from uh, from Brad Courtney. Cool. Let's see. Let me pull that up really quick. Oh, it's you know, a, it was. Do you have it on hand? I think I well, thought you'd find it pretty funny. Yeah, no. I, he was just suggesting a new game at our at our party. Yes. <laughs> uh, so you know, at archive cat or we need to talk about see if it's going to be the Star Wars Collectors Archive Party. Hosted mm-hmm. by the Kivecast, or if it's uh, going to be the Kivecast party, I don't know yet. Okay, um, but uh, yeah, he was suggesting uh, like getting a repro Boba Fett uh, rocket firing, 
and have like a target game with like an yeah. eyeball. <laughs> and uh, I love that. I, I'm absolutely for it. Uh, if any of you guys out there have a good repro Boba Fett, uh, let us know if you can bring it. Um, I have looked into like booking a suite or something for, oh, okay. for the party. Okay. It's going to cost about $1,500. Mm, okay. The problem is the show is what you call free. <laughs> so uh, the advertising is what you call non-existent. So – <laughs> I don't know what we're going to do. I, I'm in talks with uh, with, with Chris Jogolias and with Gus, and we're, we're going to we're going to do something. Okay, but uh, uh, it may not be uh, as nice as some of the fancier podcasts out there, but uh, it'll be awesome. So it'll have all the vintage uh, goodness to it, no matter what. So. Yes, yes, it'll be good. You will see us eating C three P. You will see Steve eating C three P. Yeah, see, I, I, you almost took yourself <laughs> onto that, and I was about to just say, "Hey, you said it," but ah, no. it's still just me for that. Yeah. You know what, Steve? Okay, first of all, you're going to see Steve speed dating. Oh but, no, no! <laughs> you should bring C three P.O.s with you to the speed dating deck. I'm so. I tough. like that. See, that that might actually that might actually make it work. You know? Yeah, because who doesn't <laughs> love a man who brings his own cereal? You know. Who also has a stomach burst in the middle of the room. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's just an aliens convention. <laughs> oh, man. Steve, I feel like I'm on tonight, but I'm not funny at all. So I, I don't know what we could do about that. Uh, <laughs> uh, we got a cool message from the Netherlands. Really? Yeah. All once right. again, I want to thank the Superior Language inst- uh, Institution of countries that aren't the United States. Um, <laughs> from a guy named... Uh, okay, so the le- it's pronounced – it's written J-A-A-P. Um, so I'm going to call it Yap. Okay. Sounds good, right? Yap. Yeah. Yap. So unless that's like a Star Wars character that I just don't know about and his real name is like Doug. But uh, I-, I assume it's Yap. Um, and so it's something of breaking news, Steve. Mm. Uh, I sent it to you. And oh, yeah. Here we go. Yeah, he was saying that he was going through his storage, and he found these things. And uh, he explains that in the Netherlands, there was a weekly kids' magazine called The Epo uh, that was published in serial comics, just two to four pages of a story, several strips a week. In 1982 to 1983, they published the USA Al Williamson black-and-white newspaper stories, reformatted to letter-sized and colored These pages that he has in the photos are the original hand-done colorings of the comic strip, done on some kind of cardstock with a layer of metal in the stock. The several photos he's added are finished printed pages from the 1983 uh, comic strip. He says, I think they're basically worthless, but they're cool from a collector's standpoint. Oh, wow. So, hey. Absolutely. We've been been asking, you know, our vintage vintage, uh, comics book stuff is that vintage collectibles uh, i think they are yeah and, i think so and i this is just great they're awesome yeah. and we'll put up links of them i've never seen them before i don't think anyone has except for yap so uh i don't know i i think you know you may find some people are interested i don't think they're worthless um i think they're definitely valuable as far as uh uh they're definitely worth something i can tell you that much yeah um, it's and, oh, very cool. And, and it's cool too because you know he he includes the the the, the funky uh, Dutch writing and yeah. So, anyways, a, a little bit of a, of a Kivecast scoop. Good deal. Yeah, and uh, it was it was a good month for Photoshop. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I was happy we finally gave uh, Jared something. I mean, this month, I think all he has to do is come up with a is with a, with an Allen toy, <laughs> which isn't – that's not very much work for uh, such a talented artist as himself. Um, but uh, he, he did a great, a great thing with the, uh, the Death Star uh, trash compactor monster being the hardest job. Yeah. And he even did a Chun Leia, which is nice. Yeah. So. Uh, that was good stuff. Always. Yeah. But then we, we, we had a, a new, a, a new person in the act, uh, Derek, uh, whose name is AKDJ121. Yes. Um, and, uh, I, I assume his last name starts with a J, but, uh, he was just inspired to come up with an image for us. And can you describe it, Steve? Yeah. So it's got the, uh, the B-Wing pilot and Chewbacca figures with a, uh, a size noodles microphone. That's beautiful. With the, it, with the cardboard cantina background behind it. So it looks like it's just like a happening scene. Right. And, and there's, let's see, and his, that's his original one. Right. And then uh, there was a, a slight adjustment. I think Jared did the, uh, the add-on. But it has, <laughs> it has us with the Burger King glasses. Yes. And, uh, and I, I did steal your, your Emperor glass for the night. In yeah, that in that picture, I know that that's the only. It was so funny. Like I was like, man, how could they mess that up? I was like, we mentioned it once in one episode. Yeah, that was one of the first <laughs> the first episode. Yeah, I, I always use the Emperor Cup, and Steve uses the the Gaborian Guard, the the the, the bondagey uh, Gaborian Guard. Right, right. Um, that, that's how Princess Leia got Gamoria. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that that's just awesome. And it totally, totally like captures what the show is. I yep. think that's it's perfect. Absolutely, it cannot be a better photo than that. Uh, <laughs> I think that does a better job than my failed attempt at the at the legless Han and Obi Wan. So <laughs> it's, it's a little less disturbing, yeah. <laughs> it's a little less disturbing, yeah, yeah. I'd say this is us on a good month, and the other one is us on a bad month. Ah, okay, and yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> if if I had to say it, so <laughs> yeah, awesome. Well, Steve, I think. Uh, I think that, that that pretty much does it. I would say, uh, you know, this is our last month where we even come close to mentioning cricket, right? Because baseball's starting <laughs> up soon. Soon, soon, yeah. Um, and uh, this guy, Paul Sterling, I mean, with the bat and the ball, as far as cricket players goes, um, he helped Ireland to beat Kenya, Steve, by eight wickets. Ooh, see, that's that's a nail biter. That's a nail. That is a lot, or very few Warwick Davises right there. Um, <laughs> and you know, he's just 21 years old from Middlesex, and, and he wow. took two wickets in the Kenyan top order, almost single-handedly won the games for his team. So Paul Sterling, good job. Sorry to all of our Kenyan listeners. I know that was a crushing defeat, and uh, I can't wait for baseball season to start. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, awesome. Well, uh, we'll be back next month with uh, good old Hammerhead. Yep. Uh, I, w- I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wear an orange, uh, uh, orange tank top the whole episode just to get in the spirit. <laughs> Yo, you mean the, the teal tank top, right? He's, he's got the, the blue one, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, you're right. He's got you're, think, you're thinking of uh, Walrus Man. I'm thinking of the Walrus Man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe they swap clothes like teenage girls. You never know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is taking a turn for the, the creepy Sky and Steve. 
So uh, <laughs> run away, run away, <laughs> run away, run away, space freaks. So we'll uh, we'll catch you back. Make sure you you do the liking and the twittering and the bumping us up on iTunes. All right, all right. Uh, uh, white blob and wampa wampa. Adios. <laughs> this podcast is not endorsed by Lucasfilm Limited, Hasbro Toys, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The official Star Wars site can be found at www.starwars.com. The official Hasbro site can be found at www.hasbro.com. Star Wars all names and sounds of Star Wars characters and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or the respective copyright and trademark holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Star Wars Collector's Archive, unless otherwise indicated.